Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we are just so thankful that you did come. We're so thankful that you came because of the deep love that you have for us. And Lord, we pray now as we come and as we gather around your word, we thank you that it is truth, that it can be trusted, that it is trustworthy. And Lord, we pray now that as we expound upon it, that you would truly meet us where we are, that you would inhabit this act of praise and you would bless your people. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Good morning. I wonder what's the craziest thing, the craziest thing that you have ever done to make sure that Christmas was as good as you planned it to be. What's the craziest thing that you've done? Maybe you've spent ridiculous amounts of money on presents just to see the smile on somebody else's face. Be it a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister. Maybe you spent ridiculous amounts of money so you can see that smile on their face. We learned very quickly that the girls prefer boxes than what's inside them. So they're getting boxes for Christmas. Right? They're not getting boxes for Christmas. Or maybe you've got up at the most ridiculous hour. We would say, the, if it wasn't heretical, we would say the ungodly hour to get up and to make sure that your Christmas dinner was just as it was presented in the cookery books. Maybe you've got a Jamie Oliver cookery book or a Nigella Lawson one or a Gordon Ramsay one or some other one. Or maybe you've got your mother's recipes up here. But maybe you've got up at a ridiculous hour of the morning to make sure that everything was just as it should be. Maybe you were up so early you met Santa in the hallway before he went back up the chimney. Or maybe you're a man and you left everything to the last minute. You know, there is Christmas Eve and there is men's shopping Eve and they're one day apart, right? 23rd of December, every year until I was 18, was the day that I thought about buying <coughs> presents. Christmas Eve was the day that I did. Maybe you've been like me and you've left things to the last minute. And you've been running around like a headless chicken, trying to make sure that you get a gift for everybody. And you reach the point where you don't actually care if the gift is good, as long as there's something that can be wrapped and presented. One of my favourite scenes of Christmas TV is in Gavin and Stacey, where Smithy goes and he buys all this stuff last minute, and then he hands it out in tinfoil, because he forgot to buy wrapping paper. Or maybe you're like my mum and the January sales come and you've made your list and you start Christmas prep <coughs> in January. Some woman for one woman, my wee mammy. I talk about her a lot, but she's great, right? Maybe you can resonate with one of those four scenarios that I presented to you, but what's the craziest thing that you've ever done in the run up to Christmas? to make sure that it was just the way that you wanted it to be. 
Today we're going to be spending a few moments together looking at a few, few crazy things which happened as part of the Christmas story and also as a re result of the Christmas story. We're going to spend some time predictably looking at three things. We're going to spend some time looking at magi from the east who travelled hundreds of miles to find a child that they'd never even met before so they could give him some gifts. And tonight we're actually going to spend a little bit of time looking at those gifts and what they mean as part of our carol service. Secondly, we're going to look at the birth of a baby that changed the course of history forever. And if you've been around church for any time, you know who I'm talking about. And lastly, we'll look at how this first Christmas made possible the reality of never-ending love and peace for the people of God of every generation. So I want to ask you another question. I love to ask you questions. The first one is, has anybody ever said this to you? You're not wise in the head. <coughs> yeah, anybody ever said that to you? Or maybe you've said it to somebody else. I, I love it when this happens. And I actually love walking along the street and hearing the tail end of other people's conversations. Whenever I heard the tail end of a conversation the other day, the man turned to the woman and says, you're not wise in the head. Right? And I love that. Because it wasn't aggressive and it wasn't venomous it was a sign of true friendship it was a sign of love and it was a sign of oh here she goes again i love it when that happens chloe doesn't have to tell me that i'm not wise in the head she has a wee look that she gives me that tells me that i'm not wise in the head right? but you know what i'm talking about you're not wise in the head i want you to picture a scene with me Humour me for a moment. I want you to imagine a king from a far off land who's sitting on his rooftop one night because where he is in his foreign land, the roofs are flat and you can actually sit on them. And he's looking up to the sky and he sees a star that he's never seen before. A really prominent star. A star which, for all intents and purposes, probably shouldn't be there. A star which can't help but catch his attention. So what he does is he goes to bed and he sleeps on it. And he gets up early. Early enough that the stars are still out. And he goes up to the roof and he notices that the star is still there. It's not been a figure of his imagination. So what he does that morning is he gathers a few of his mates and his closest friends and they have a little conversation about what on earth this star is and if they can figure out what it is, what on earth does it mean? You see, because this king and his mates were skilled and seasoned astronomers. And they recognised very quickly as they had conversations and as they went up to the rooftop again that night to see it for themselves that this star was something really special. It was something really special and something really out of the ordinary. So being good astronomers that they were, they decided that they would investigate 
a little bit more. And they come up with a plan. And I'm going to use a little bit of poetic license here, if you'll allow me. The king goes to his wife and he says, Honey, I need you to watch the kids for a while. Bobby, Davy and myself and a few others, we're going to be going away for a wee while. You see, don't worry, it's not a lad's holiday, it's a business trip. We're going to check out this, an amazing star that we have seen in the sky. But I promise you, we're going away on business. It will all be above board and I'll be back before you know it. Can you imagine the wife's reaction for a moment? Woman, what would your reaction to that be? You'd look at him, wouldn't you? And you'd be like, you're not wise in the head. Have a wee sit down a wee glass of water. Right? You're not wise in the head. Or maybe you like information and you like detail. And maybe you went, well, I'm going to, Sammy, I'm going to need a wee bit more detail than that. I'm going to need a little bit more information than on what you're doing. Or maybe you're very tired because you have young children and you're going, how on earth do you expect me to look after the kids and do the housework and go to work and make sure that everybody's looked after and tended to? How do you expect me to do that all on my own while you're off gallivanting with Bobby and Davey and a few of our mates? They're your kids too, you know. Or maybe you've just realised that he said that they're going to go and follow a star. And you sort of look at him and you go, you're going to go follow a star, is that right, big lad? Catch yourself on. Catch yourself on. Behave. What are you really going to go and do? Do you expect me to believe that? Or maybe you don't like Bobby very much. And you say, that Bobby was always a bad influence on you. Get back in the bed. Why is your back? Back and forth, the conversation goes. But he must be a sweet talker. He must be smooth because she's finally convinced. You're not wise in the head. Do you know what I believe in? You? you are good at your job. You are good at what you do. And if you need to go and follow that star, go and do it. But no detours. Be back here as quick as you can. So off they go. We know these guys as the Magi, the wise men from the East, because realistically they couldn't be from anywhere else but the East, am I right? right? There we go, Gary agrees, that's good, right? But they, we know them as the wise men from the East. The Bible never stipulates that there's three of them, only that they bring three gifts. So there was probably a large posse of them and they're traveling on camel back. And on the way they come to Herod's palace and Herod is the king and they ask him, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We've seen a star in the sky and we long to go and worship him. The religious leaders and scribes the important people of the day, they're called by the king. And they recount that actually the prophecy of Micah, the prophet, 
spoke of a ruler of Israel being raised up out of lowly Bethlehem. So the one born king of the Jews, he must be there. Follow the star to Bethlehem. And they leave and they continue their journey there where they plan to go and worship him. I wonder if you've ever thought about the story for yourself. I think it wasn't until quite recently that I started to think about the story and the ends and outs for myself. This is an awful long way for these men to go on camelback because they have a wee bit of a hunch. Because their gut tells them that they need to go. But this was more. They didn't quite realise how big this journey would be. But this journey would be worth it. We can read all about that journey in Matthew chapter 2. But we're told that when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, that baby with their own eyes, that they bowed down and worshipped him. Their first reaction was that they bowed down and worshipped him. The response of these magi upon the sight of the child was worship. These important foreign men bowing before and worshipping a baby. And more than that, they presented this baby with treasures. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Two things on that. What on earth is a child going to do with gold, frankincense and myrrh? Second thing, come along this evening and you'll find out. Gifts which would speak prophetically of the life that this child would live. When they seen him with their own eyes, they bowed down and worshipped him and presented their treasures to him. Has anyone seen those adverts for the shampoo, L'Oreal? Right, you've seen those adverts? I love it. They're in this waterfall. Maybe this is one of the old ones. They're in this waterfall and there's water falling down and they flip their hair back and forth. And they do this. <laughs> I'm just making the most of it while I can, right? And they're flipping their hair back and forth and shampooing up and washing their hair under the waterfall. And the end of it goes, L'Oreal, because you're worth it, right? Ridiculous advert. Ridiculous advert, but it sells. What was so special about this baby? What was so intriguing and different about this child that caused the Magi, these wise men from the East, to down tools, leave their homeland and trek hundreds of miles on camelback, their treasures with them, and journey for around two years to spend time in his presence? What was so special about this Jesus? born king of the Jews. You see, from this child shone the glory of God. Because, well, he was God in human form. 
And you might remember last week that we talked about how when, this, when the glory of God shows up, everything changes and everything changes forever. What was so special about this child was this. He was God. He was the promised Messiah. He was Emmanuel, God with us. The one whom the prophets of old had spoken. God in human form, born to a virgin to save his people from their sins. These wise men from the east, they not only passed on their treasures to him, but he became their treasure. He became their heart's desire. Not because he was a cute child or adorable or funny, but because he was God in human form and was standing among them. And just as he was God, so too is he still God. And forevermore he shall be God. The wise men saw him. And today, wise men and women still do. The scriptures tell us, seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And it also tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I don't know if you're understanding the point that God is trying to get across to us as his people this morning, but his point is this. Jesus is worth it. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. He's worth all of our hopes, all of our ambitions, all of our plans. He's worth our pursuit. He's worth all that we have, for he gives us more than we could ever hope or imagine. He offers us life and life in all of its fullness. And the good news for us this morning, because I like to give you good news every week, the good news for us this morning is this, he can still be found. He can still be found and in fact by the power of the Holy Spirit he is here this morning, or he is here wherever you are watching online. I love what Matt Chandler has to say about Jesus in his book, An Even Better Christmas. He says this, he says, Jesus is so excellent, so beautiful, that a loss of everything that gains us him should turn the loss of everything into joy. I'll gladly sell it all if I get him, because there is nothing worth more than him. Church, this morning we need to know that Jesus is worth it all. He's worth our time, he's worth our money, he's worth our efforts, 
He's worth our pursuits. He's worth our sacrifices. And he's worth our sin. He's worth our lives. And the beauty of it all is that we can't buy him. The beauty of it all is that we can't do anything to deserve him. Or indeed, we cannot do anything to make him love us any more than he already does. Rather, in a divine exchange, he offers us himself. He offers us himself. For this child would not stay a child. The one whom the wise men worshipped would grow up to be a man who would lay down his life for the sins of the world. For you and for me. For those whom we know and love as well. That we might have relationship with our holy God. He's worth it all. And he believes that we were worth it all. That we may know him. Church, the beauty of Christmas is that Christmas is not the end, but rather it is the beginning. Ida read for us those beautiful words from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. Words of hope, words of joy, words of love, and words of peace. Speaking of a day that is coming, and is nearer today than it was yesterday that this child of Christmas Jesus Christ will speak those words behold I am making all things new the never-ending love and peace of Christmas is that the story doesn't end there rather Christmas is where it all starts all throughout this Advent preaching series and this journey, you've heard me say time and time again, building to this point, Christmas means one day everything will really be perfect. Christmas means that one day everything will really be perfect. The hopes that we hold will become sight. The joy that we experience will be made complete. The love which we feel will be made perfectly perfect. And the peace that passes all understanding will never come to an end. This Christmas can be everything we ever dreamed it could be. Not by pinning our hopes and our dreams on this Christmas. On making sure that everything goes the way that we want it to. But this Christmas can be perfect. It can be everything we dreamed it could be by looking forward to the day when he will come again and make everything new. So this Christmas, when the lights go out, when the presents are unwrapped, when you're sick of looking at turkey, when the festivities draw to a close for another year, Remember that a better day is coming. A day when faith shall be made sight. 
And as the decorations and the trees are put away, we can hold on to hope, joy, love and peace. Not just at Christmas, but all year round. In anticipation that our Saviour will come again. This time not as a baby, but as King and as Judge. It's going to be someday, isn't it? Let's pray together. Lord, we bless you for your word. We thank you that it is truth. We thank you that it spills our hearts with hope and anticipation. But Lord, we thank you that these are not just words on a page, but these are the living words of the living God speaking to us, your living people. And because your word says it, it will come to pass. That is the hope that we have. That is the reality in which we live. And Lord, we pray that this Christmas, never-ending love and peace and hope and joy would wash over us. And that we would live in anticipation of that day when you will come and you will make all things new. Lord, we don't deserve it. But Lord, we thank you that because of your blood, we are made worthy. Come, Lord Jesus.